Aloha, thank you for pressing play. Welcome to the Eating Curve Balls for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Mahoy, and your biggest fan when it comes to hitting those curveballs that life, sports, or parenting can throw you right out of the park. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. What's going on? So glad you're here for this Impact Nation conversation that I had with Mr. Rocky Garza from RockyGarza.com. And I'm excited for you to hear what he has to say about how to live a life you believe in. Enjoy. Hey, thanks for pressing play. It's Stacey Mahoy here at StaceyMahoy.com and part of the leadership team at Impact Nation. I'm super excited this morning to have Mr. Rocky Garza here with us. Rocky, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to chat. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. You're welcome. So I'm really excited to jump in just to give everyone listening a little bit of background. I first was introduced to you on Bradley's podcast, Dropping Bombs. You were talking about the services that you provide from business to business and identity mapping, helping business teams sort of uh, be more cohesive, maybe work better together, develop a little bit better culture um, Mm -hmm. through that identity mapping process. And also kind of talking about how you're now extending that into, you know, benefiting individuals as well versus just working with businesses only. So we'll jump into all of that. Um, Real quick, before we get to that, though, I just want to let you and people listening know I live in a neighborhood where there are roosters and it's morning time right now. So you may hear some in the background. And yes, that is a rooster. (laughs) So if you hear that, just to give you a heads up so you're not like, oh, my goodness, is that a rooster? It always happens. So. Um, just wanted to give you a quick heads up on that. So before we jump into like, what is identity mapping, all of that, um, why it's important to you, why don't you just give us a little background on who you are and sort of maybe what led you to what it is that you do now? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, again, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, My name is Rocky Garza. Um, I am uh, married to my wife, uh, Sarah. We've been married for a little over 10 years now, and uh, we have two kids. So I have a, a four-year-old little boy and an 18-month-old little girl. Um, so I, I would say outside of uh, telling you more about me personally, that's probably the great two biggest things uh, in my life that are the most important and also where I, where I you know, want to extend the most of my effort, time, and energy is in those two places. And so uh, a little a history uh, lesson on me. Um, I'm from Texas, so kind of lived lived a bunch of places growing up. Kind of lived all over Texas, um, Dallas, Fort Worth. For those of you that are familiar, is kind of where I always uh, ended up. Is where my grandparents lived, so that was always home base for me. Um, and really, I think for me, where if I if I you know look at my snapshot where I am now, so I'm, I'm 36. Uh, if I kind of work backwards, you know, back to and then kind of bring us back to to full speed, you know, I think I have I, I'm somebody given my my life circumstance, kind of how I grew up, how I was raised. Uh, I'm somebody who's always longed for belonging. Uh, I've always wanted, uh, I've always longed for connection and vulnerability. And I think now getting older, really having the right kind of language, I've longed for intimacy and experience. And uh, what does it mean to, um, one, find deep connection with other people, but two, to be able to do that in a way that is real and authentic and genuine, that's not uh, done in a manipulative fashion for me to get what I want, but is done in a way that allows me to really bring who I am, um, the truest part of me, not the best part of me. I'm not, I, don't, I don't, that's not a phrase I enjoy, the truest part of me. Um, and, and then how do we foster that in each other? And so um, I would say for me growing up, really my life has just kind of been a journey of that. Uh, how do I, uh, from uh, my parents getting divorced to moving, I went to a bunch of schools before I graduated high school, um, to college, to the jobs I've had. I worked at a summer camp out of college. I 
um, was, uh, was actually a pastor at a church for a while. Um, my wife and I started a photography business um, about 10 years ago. And then I've been doing what I do now for about five years. And so kind of looking in all those spaces, you know, one thing as I've looked back in my life that has always been true is um, I've always deeply cared about people. Uh, I think I've always deeply cared about people wanting to care about me, uh, which I think those two things kind of go hand in hand. And, um, and so, yeah, I think now has led me to a place that I have made the distinction or uh, the decision to say, hey, I, I want to dedicate the rest of my life to helping individuals and teams discover the conviction and confidence they need to build the life they believe in. Um, I think that most of us, I have found for myself and many people that I've interacted with, I think most of us are living a life that is based on somebody else's story of who we are. Um, I don't think we are living a life based on our own story. And so really for me, where I, how I got here is uh, it has just been a lesson for me of uncovering and figuring out and really unfolding that in my own life. Uh, and as I've walked through that journey, kind of picking up on what, what, what matters and what questions have like really enticed or intrigued me and what questions uh, feel like they've had effect on somebody else and how do we like continue like, to pare that down in such a way that gives us the ability to go, okay, how can we have, create the most impact uh, and the way to really draw out things that we already know about who we are, but we just don't yet have the language for. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, outside of being a husband and a father, um, that's how I like to spend my time, whether it's paid, unpaid, professionally or not. That's, that's the things in life that, I, that I'm most passionate about. That's awesome. I love that. So the identity mapping process, is that something that you kind of came up with through all of these experiences or is it like a tool that you learn somewhere and you bring into your work? Yeah, no. So identity mapping is a process that I created um, and really just from asking a lot of questions and asking a lot of really terrible questions mm -hmm. and realizing like those, those questions were terrible, but that one <laughs> of that of that 10 was really good. We should write that down and keep that. Um, and you do that with enough people and you realize, okay, there's a, there is a little bit of a method to the madness. And I think also for me, um, you know, I, I tell folks all the time, like identity mapping in and of itself, like, you know, we, we have a booklet that we go through that we've created a curriculum and um, that in and of itself is not the power, right? Like that, uh, it's just a workbook mm -hmm. with, with questions and you write some things down in the end, you're like, oh man, that's what I think. Uh, I think it is, it is that when we take that and we pair that with um, minimum four, ideally eight hours of uninterrupted time where we're not on our phone, we're not answering emails, we're not, we're not trying to cook our kids food or we're not trying to take care, pick them up or take them to this place or go on a deck where it's four to eight hours of uninterrupted time really dedicated to us looking inward at who we are. Um, I think most of us know who we are. We don't take enough time to give ourselves the language though so that we can actually talk about it in a way that makes sense to ourselves. And so, um, yeah, so, so a lo long way to say identity mapping is something that we've come up with on our own. Um, and I think it just provides a really effective framework, uh, if you will, to allow us to really see what has actually grown. And then how do we give language to that so that we can decide what we want to do with it moving forward. Cool. So why is it important for human beings to be able to spend that time looking inward and to be able to come up with language to talk about it that makes sense to us. Like, why is that important? Why is that powerful? Yeah, because I think what has happened is as a, as a society, we, as a culture, and I think as human beings, as we've evolved, uh, where we have landed um, is we say, hey, I'm Rocky. Hey, I'm Stacy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And the very next question out of our mouth in almost every environment, even if it's not professional, is what do you do? And then what we've done is we've taken who we are as individuals and we've narrowed it down into such a way that we have come up with a title that is based on our ability to sell or not sell something, all of us. And then all, everybody, me included, I think what happens is because we do that, then we all make a snap judgment. I introduce myself, hey, I'm Rocky, hey, I'm Stacy. nice to meet you, nice to meet you, what do you do? And then based on what you say, and those of you that are listening who want to disagree with me, I'm going to push back and say, I think that I'm right. All of us 
What we do <laughs> is we make a snap judgment on whether or not you are or are not valuable to me. Meaning, can I get something from you that I think I want to get from you? If the answer is yes, we go, really, tell me about that. And if the answer is no, we're like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, oh, that's awesome, great. I'm going to get a drink. I'll talk to you later. And we move on and we go to the next one, right? <laughs> and so I think why right. it's so valuable for us to have that is because we've taken what we have a really complex being. That's who we are as individuals. And we've, we've simplified it so much into something we can fit on a tagline or a name tag in hopes that someone would see us, that we would allow uh, ourselves the opportunity to be seen as a unique individual that has the ability to provide value that nobody else in the world can regardless of what our profession is. But I don't think that we have the language anymore. I actually, to be honest with you, uh, it was, I've never said this before until this morning. I, I had a meeting before uh, we hopped on this. Um, and he said this to me about what it is that identity mapping was doing. And it was the first time anybody had used this language, which it made so much, I mean, you know, when people like help you see things clearly for yourself, I was like, oh, you're doing for me. What I do for people is it's beautiful. But he said, you, um, he was like, before identity mapping, I was it. He was like, I could talk, but I couldn't read. Like I could say things, but I didn't know the right words to describe who I was, why I was doing it, how I was doing it, what I was doing it. And he was like, I have now become literate in my ability to communicate who I am because I have the language that I need to communicate about myself so that I can be true, honest, vulnerable, authentic, whatever word makes sense for you. And so I think that's why it's so valuable and important is because no, you know, for those of you that are listening and are not watching, um, I have a hat. I wear a hat most days, partly because I'm bald and I have big eyebrows, but I also like the hat. And so my, you know, I always tell you, I want you to wear one hat every day. You, I just want you to be you as a, as a Mm. business owner, as an employee, as a parent, as a friend in relationships and every aspect of your life, I just want you to be you. But if you don't have the language to know who you are, inevitably you wake up every day and you just become who you think you're supposed to be based somebody else's story you don't become who you are based on yours and those are two very Mm -hmm. different things yeah it's definitely two very different things and what are some of the issues that come up for people if they're living their life based upon someone else's story instead of simply wearing that one hat of being themselves what have you seen Yeah, I think that most of us live a life that's based on fear, doubt, obstacle, and insecurity. And we wake up every day and we think that our job, our professional role is to be a firefighter. And we wake up every day and we put out any fire in our life that we feel like might hurt us, harm us, or burn us down. And as long as we go to bed and did not get burned too bad, we chalk it up to a good day, we wake up and we do it again. And inevitably, we live in this cycle of survival where we have learned how to take what the world will throw at us, keep that as far away from us as we can, go to bed and try not to get hurt each day. And I don't think that's living. I think that's surviving. Now, let me be very clear about one caveat of that. Uh, survival is a beautiful thing. And our ability to survive mm-hmm. is what keeps us alive. So I'm not knocking the moments of any of our lives where we've experienced an event or an, an event or experience or trauma in which survival has allowed us to maintain breath. Uh, I'm, I'm for that. I think that's beautiful. I do not believe we were designed to sustain survival our entire life, right? That's why there's TV shows mm-hmm. that we all watch that are about surviving and how long can someone last in the wilderness by themselves? And we all watch it waiting to see who's going to give in first and crack and go home and eat a hamburger, right? It's because we weren't designed for that. We weren't, we, we are in 2020, we're not designed to survive. We're designed to live a life that is, I think where there's connection and freedom and community. And we're the most, connected. you, you and I are in two very different places right now. We got connected because of the internet of Instagram, because I was on a podcast when I was in Vegas, because I reached out to a, that, that inner working is the opportunity I think that we have. 
if we have the language for ourselves to let go of fear, doubt, obstacle, and security, those don't have to be the things that, mm -hmm. that are the driving factors, one, in who we are, but two, how we spend our time. And so without the language, mm -hmm. consistently over and over and over, and for people that I work with and myself, we need an unbiased third party. We need someone to see what we cannot see because we can't hear ourselves when we talk to ourselves. When you talk to yourself, you're just talking. You just talk, 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 talk. You don't hear it, you just talk. That's why you can get in the car and you have a nine minute drive from office to home or a 48 minute drive, however, wherever you live. And that's how come you can talk to yourself in and out of anything five times before you get home. Why? Because you're just talking, you can't hear it. It doesn't, it just, every, everything makes sense. Everything is right. And we all know that's not the case. And so without it, what happens is we just live in survival. We live in repetition. We live in reaction. We don't live in action. We live in a space where we go, what's happening? Keep that away. React, react, react. I'm tired. I'm mm. so exhausted. Go to bed. And I want you to have a language to go. I want you to have a filter to look at and go, should I do that? And I look at my life and who I am and I go, no, hard no. I don't do that. That's not what I do. Great. The answer is no. Mm -hmm. Move on. Now I can choose to be active someplace. I have to react consistently to things that I know I shouldn't be expending my energy on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And when you're talking about that from the sports perspective, because a lot of our audience for us personally come from the sports world and we grew up, yeah. you know, a lot of us grew up as athletes or coaches. And, and that just reminds me of like, you know, playing not to lose versus actually playing to win, right? Or playing mm -hmm. your own game, right? Whether you're playing to like, not uh, just defensively or you're actually going out there and you're, you're playing your game. So versus reacting, just reacting to what your opponent is doing. So yeah, I mean, I think as an, as an, as an, about that. yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think as an athlete, yeah. you take any sport and we'll, we'll just throw three out there. Right. So we'll take, you know, we'll take soccer, we'll take basketball, we'll take baseball. Uh, those three sports, the, the, the way you win is very simple, right? You take a ball and you put a ball into this space more than the other team can put a ball into that space. That's how mm -hmm. you win the game. That's how the game is decided. Uh, now, uh, how it actually gets to happen on the field based on the people who are there, wildly different. Some seasons you have teams that are just uh, 100% attack. They have, they average three more points mm -hmm. a game. Uh, what, 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 what was your sport? Softball. Okay, great, yeah. great. So sometimes you have teams and you've been on teams and coach teams, my guess that have finesse and they're not big and they don't hit home runs mm -hmm. and you had two home runs hit the entire season, but the ability to make contact with the ball, to get on base, to think quickly, to move around the bases faster than anybody else mm -hmm. could, you could score more points by hitting the ball, not further, but more accurately. There's been other seasons where you've got some hitters mm -hmm. and you had more home runs that season you've ever had in your life because it was a game changer because of the people you had. How you were doing it was wildly different because of the people you had on the field. What you were doing, same. Get more people to touch home plate than the other team and we win, mm -hmm. right? I think it's very mm -hmm. similar for our life. How do you survive? Don't die. That's how you win life. You don't die. You stay alive as long as you can. But how do you do that in a way that's meaningful, impactful, and has a lasting impact on those around you? Well, everybody has a unique and distinct way to do that. Everybody can do that differently. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their own way or means, or to use our metaphor, a different way of playing the game. But if you're attempting to be a home run hitter and you are not because you bat first, mm -hmm. as you hit 90% ground balls through the gap to get on first base, have a runner in scoring <laughs> position, then stop swinging the bat so hard. Yeah. But when you look mm -hmm. at who's batting fourth, guess what? If you base your whole life based on, based on whoever's batting cleanup, you're going to lose. You're going to strike out more than you hit because you're trying to do something you weren't made and designed to do. 
You have to know who you are and have the right language so you can play the game in a way that makes sense. The goal, don't die. The goal, get to home base. Great. That's the whole purpose. But how mm -hmm. you do that is unique and distinct to every person, every individual. And so that's why coaches have to take an assessment of all their players. Who are you and what do you do and what's unique and distinct about you? And you can run fast and you should not run very much. And we have all these ways to look at different at people. But if, if we can mm -hmm. see the greatness and the beauty and the uniqueness and the attributes about them, we put them in the right place to do the things in a way in which makes them the most mm -hmm. effective. Why would we not do that in our own lives? Why would you not do that in your marriage? Mm -hmm. Why would you not do that as a parent? Why would you not do that as yeah. a friend? Why would you not do that in the way you run your company? You think professional athletes got there because they just magically found out they were great at something? No, because they found exactly how they could do it in a way nobody else can. And they looked at that thing and they drove that in as far as they possibly could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because that's easy for me to understand from the sports perspective because you grew up in it. Right. And it's like, we would never take one person who's like, say they're a pitcher or a catcher. We would never take a catcher and make them spend all this time pitching when they're not, you know, that's just not what they do. And we would never have a pitcher go and spend a whole bunch of time trying to catch all these fly balls and play outfield when that's really not what they do. And yet when you talk about the hats, I definitely have found in my own life that I was trying to make myself do all the things. <laughs> and in sports, I would never do that, right? I would be like, okay, this is what I do. This is how I, you know, this is what I'm great at. This is what I can contribute and just let myself do that. And I wouldn't yeah. force myself to be doing all the things all the time. But in life, it's kind of what I was doing, right? It was like, well, I have to do all the things. <laughs> to wear all the hats, yeah. especially as a mom. Especially as a mom and a wife. Yeah, yeah. We, we have this mentality where we look at it and we play sports and we're on a team and you know the one thing you get told a million times you're on a team, like, you can't win by yourself and the team never wins by themselves. You, the team wins or loses together. And then we get done playing on a team and then we look at our life and we go, I guess it's just me. Mm -hmm. It's me against the world and mm -hmm. I've got to find a way to win and beat everybody else. Mm -hmm. I win. That's why I think I have yeah. a job is because I'm trying to be your teammate when applicable and necessary in your life to uncover the things mm -hmm. you cannot see that allow you to see them in such a way that you can now live freely. Mm, I love that. So when businesses come to you, what are they usually struggling with or what are some of the common things that, you know, reasons why they finally reach out and they're like, Hey, we need you to come in and, and work with us. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, so I think there's, there's two reasons and two types. So I work with companies that I would say fall in like the 50 or less amount of people. Um, and uh, total employees. And really what I'm coming in to help them with mm -hmm. is go, okay, we basically, when you're at 50 employees or less, you typically have had a, a big growth spurt. You've increased your people. You are now trying to refine your culture, your values, and what you will stand for. Mm -hmm. You found a way to sell a product and make money, but you got to keep your people. You got to have engagement and retention. And so I think those are the two things mm -hmm. most teams 15 under come to me for is how do we increase engagement and retention with our people so we know that we care about them because we only got here because of them and we want to make sure we are doing that and we're not the size company yet where we have a people or a culture department um, outside of hr who's doing legal stuff we don't have a department who's just in charge of our culture and making sure our people are cared for and so i kind of get to come in and be that so mm -hmm. i take your team through a one day or two day experience and then we have a platform that we use both for individuals that we also use for our teams where your team gets to go through they have mm -hmm. access to it and they go through personal development culture coursework uh, and then we do live calls every month regardless of where you are in the u.s we hop on a call just like you and I are having now with your team. We do that twice a month to make sure we kind of stay in a steady cadence of development. So uh, 1500, that's what they're coming for. They want engagement retention with their people because they've, they've experienced growth. Uh, when you have um, larger companies, so companies of 5,000, you know, or up, you know, any, any or up above 50, but you're looking at really large organizations. Um, they're looking to recreate that dynamic of 
um, engagement and vulnerability and connection with each other because they've gotten to a size mm -hmm. where their leadership team, their marketing team, their executive team, whoever it is, um, in there, there's typically always turnover. But uh, most of the time, uh, an and large organizations, everybody has a lot of responsibilities and there's not a lot of time we all come together in the same location to say, hey, let's do some focus on who we are and how we can connect and support each other. They're a team, but they're all trying to be, they're all trying to hit home runs. Well, that's not their role. So how do mm -hmm. we get them together to show them what their role is so that they can be actually be effective as a team? Um, and really to use, you know, for stay on the sports, because I know it's a majority of our audience. That's what I do is I get to kind of come in and be the, I don't, I don't know what the right term is in the, in the sports world, because I'm, I'm not necessarily a coach, <laughs> but I don't walk with you every day. But if there, if there is such thing like a sports consultant or so, that's my ability to come in and look at your team and go, hey, let's, let's back up. Let's, let's everybody assess what you're really great at, put you in the right place to make sure you're doing that. And then now you have tools and resources to move that forward and let that trickle down with your teams and give the resources. So, you know, engagement, retention, um, consistency, and then really trying to create connection with our teams is really what, what folks come to me for. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some things, if anything, that come to mind as far as like, when they go through this process and they come out the other side of it, what's, what are some things that they've communicated to you that they weren't expecting, but they kind of got, you know, were surprised that that experience provided for them where they got to go yeah. through that? Yeah. So I would say the, the, one of the first things is um, that they say, you know, I, I, Rocky told me when I got here that we were going to have the clearest picture of who we are as an individual we've ever had. Uh, and now that I'm leaving, that is true. That is exactly what we have. Um, I now have, you know, at the end of the day, you'll know yourself more deeply than ever. And without exception, we did. I highly recommend this because it's not a gimmick. It's actual transformation of who we are. So that's, you know, that's what folks have said mm -hmm. before. Um, you know, at the beginning of the day, you know, in that eight hours, I learned more about my staff and myself than I ever thought that I could. My staff felt the same way. And now three months mm -hmm. later, we're using identity maps to find inspiration in our personal lives but in our professional lives to create things we never could because we can understand each other in a way that we didn't before having this opportunity um, and so really again I think those are the kind of things that folks come in for a team event and leave uh, because I don't work for you so I can say whatever I want and I do think that like <laughs> I was telling and I was telling somebody this morning like identity mapping is not my gifting identity mapping is the, is the framework I've created I think my gift and my ability um, is to create a connection really fast and I, I allow people the opportunity to dive into who they are in a very short amount of time um, and see themselves in a way that they are typically are not willing to at work because it's work. Um, but you're not at work, you're with me. Or if I come to you, then we're gonna make it feel like not a boardroom, right? Like we're gonna sit comfy in living room style. We're gonna have food and we're gonna have wine and we're gonna have a deep conversation. And so I think because I try to elicit that out of you to create that environment experience allows people to actually allow themselves to be seen. Mm, love that. So I know earlier you mentioned when people don't have this, right, and they don't know who they are, and they don't have that language or understanding of themselves. Um, you talked about how they're living, you know, their life to someone else's story, but you talked about fear and doubt and all of those things, right? Yeah. And so it was interesting, because not long ago, um, I had a question asked about like, okay, think about last year, think about this year, this year can end up worse, the same or better than last year. And the question that I had asked me was, if you had to, okay, if you had to, um, okay. make this year worse than last year, what's something you could do to make that happen? So I'm curious what your answer to that question would be. And then I'll share what, what came up for you <laughs> when I had that question asked. So if you had okay. to make this year worse than last year, what's something that you could do to make that happen? 
say yes to things that I know I am not good at, uh, that I should not be spending mm. my time doing. Oh, that's a really good one. That's really good. Because this year for me, I was like, okay, that's something that I'm focused on doing is really being clear on what I'm saying yes to and being okay with saying no to things that are not that right. But what came up for me when you were, this is why the fear thing um, kind of triggered this memory was that for me, I was like, well, I know for one thing I could, you know, hide out, like just hide <laughs> and um, allow fear to run the show. And that would probably, mm. you know, do the trick. <laughs> if I just let fear to run the show this entire year, it would be worse than last year. Um, mm. But on the flip side of that, what's one thing that you are focused on in order to have a bigger impact this year to keep moving forward and make this year better than last year? What would you say for yourself? Yeah, uh, yeah I would say that is um, to say yes to exactly the things that I believe I have the ability to create an impact on that nobody else can. Um, and to only mm -hmm. say yes to those things. That's why you and I are having this call. Like I, Bradley, the, the, how you and I originally got connected is because um, mm -hmm. a friend of a friend, of a friend connected us and I was in Vegas doing an event and I texted him and said, hey, I'm in town. I'd love to stop by and say hi and meet you. He said, why don't you come by to the podcast? I said, yes. And then mm -hmm. I've probably done 15 podcasts since that was released in, you know, in the last month. Because of that, because again, my, one of my goals for the first quarter this year was exposure and awareness. Get out there. People need, I need, I need people to go to iTunes podcast, put in Rocky Garza, hit enter, and it just be a list of podcasts I've been on, right? I don't want my own. I want to come in for an hour with somebody, do my thing, wrap it up and move on to the next. I don't want to produce it, post it, right? Um, and I think in that is yeah. because I want to say yes to the things that I believe I have the opportunity to create an impact in somebody's life. And not because of me, not because I'm a savior, not because I have something magical. I'm not a guru. I'm not a, that's not because I want to hold the space for someone mm -hmm. to allow themselves to take a deep breath and look inwardly in a way they couldn't before. And so this year I'm dedicated to creating those spaces, saying yes to that is that we're moving offices. We're taking a risk. It's more expensive. We got to buy a lot of, but I want to have my own space that I can host events and say, we're doing this on this date. And if you need that in your life, show up. Mm, yeah. And you talked about when we first connected, you talked about um, this exposure and connection and awareness. And you mentioned like, you know, all it takes is one connection, right? You just never know like when yeah. that can happen or where that can come from. So why don't you talk a little bit more about that, you know, that kind of thought process or mentality that you have in regards to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one, it, it requires, um, you know, I, I've, I've tried to work really hard on this and it's not by myself with help of people. So we know when someone says, hey, what do you do? I say, well, number one, I'm having the most fun of all I've ever had. Uh, and two, uh, I, I've decided to dedicate the rest of my life to helping individuals and teams discover the conviction and confidence they need to build a life they believe in. And people either are like, tell me about that or they're like, that, no, thank you. And I'm great, win. we win. We're right there, we've already won. Now, if you say, tell me about that, awesome. Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, I think we get caught up, we being, I mean, I'm including myself in that. I think we get caught up a lot in going, well, is that going to pay me? And if it's not going to pay me, then I'm not mm. going to say yes. Are they going to write me a check? So they're not going to write me a mm. check and I'm not going to say yes. Now, now there is some conventional wisdom to that. Yeah, you can't just do everything for your whole life and call it a business. That's not a business. A business mm -hmm. is something that makes money. So I'm, I'm with you. But for me, uh, yeah, I, you never know who you're going to talk to. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to talk to. It's like, you know who you need to meet? And they introduce somebody and that person's like, hey, I need your help. You want to sign a one-year, $100,000 contract to come and help us because we've been looking for you? Uh, yes, I do. 
And would that have happened if I wasn't talking to this person, this person, this person? No, that never would have occurred, right? So, but, but that has to be aligned with, uh, am I saying yes to something where I feel like it is a fit for who I am and what the message I have and what I can offer? To say yes for the purpose of saying yes is a waste of time. That doesn't make any sense. Saying mm-hmm. yes to create an opportunity for connection, to create an opportunity for uh, relationship, uh, and space for experience that aligns with who you are. I think the answer should be yes almost 100% of the time. Because you don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still crossing my fingers. Like, I'm trying to get a workshop in Hawaii. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to get there. Uh, and again. Oh, it's, man. <laughs> it's, only, it's only going to take. It's, like it's only going to take one person, one thing, one, one opportunity person. to go. Hey, yeah, you know what? We have this thing coming up. We would love. We know who we need is Rocky. We should call him. Oh, I, I heard him on. Yeah, I heard him on the Impact Nation. Oh, I, I remember with on. He was with Stacy, And he was, right? That's all. That's all it takes. And so the amount of weight and pressure yeah. we put on ourselves to go, I got I to gotta scour the internet and go get that for myself. No, you don't. You need to be open and vulnerable and create opportunities to engage with people. So guess what? Like, that's why we've, we created a new thing uh, called the, mm-hmm. daily, the Daily Rock. Um, you can text us at 469-649-8441. Just say, hey, what's up? It'll send you a thing. You fill it out. You're in our thing. And we send you a text message every single day. This is a quick snippet. Hey, to, to the, the one we sent today mm-hmm. is remember... Uh, people who say your feelings don't matter are typically people who don't know how they feel. And that's just the text we sent you. Just be reminded of that. Why? Because I want to stay top of mind. Because I want you to remember Rocky cares about me, which I do. Uh, he wants to challenge me, which I do. And he's in my phone every day. You're right. I am. Because <laughs> something's going to come up and you know who I want I you it. to think of when it comes to challenge, encouragement. You know, I, want, I want to be mm-hmm. the name. Mm-hmm. Love that. So send me over that um, information so that I can include that in the, in the notes or wherever, <laughs> wherever this gets posted. Um, yeah, and no, people absolutely can will. easily see that. Totally yeah. love that. So I want to, I told you before we talked that I was going to give you, I have another question, but I wanted to give you some time and space just to kind of share from your heart, like people like you, um, I feel like you're always kind of, you're always learning, you're always growing, always connecting with people. And so there's probably things that come up for you or things that you're seeing or something that's just mm-hmm. on your heart and mind. Like, if there was anything that you could share with someone who's listening today or someone who's watching, um, whether it's to just get them thinking, whether it's to, you know, something that they can be encouraged and inspired by, like what's one thing that you would say to people who are listening in? Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, number one, uh, sit down, take a break and take a deep breath. That's what I'd tell you first. Uh, your ability to move your hands and feet is not the answer to solve the problem that you have um, that's going on inside of your brain and your heart. Your hands are not going to solve that for you. So sit down. Secondly, I would say, uh, give yourself two things, grace and space. Give yourself the ability to go. You are not supposed to have it all together and have it all figured out. Whoever told you that lied to you. So that's not true. Give yourself enough grace to go. Hey, there's room for error. And two, give yourself enough space to do some work, to look inward, to understand who am I? What does that mean? What is the language I need? And then what do I really want to spend the rest of my life doing? And I think that comes from four things. And I'm going to go through each of these in, in a short fashion, but it comes from conviction, clarity, confidence, and courage. And here's what I mean by that. Everything starts with belief over behavior. That's conviction. It is what is the deep-seated thing that you are unwilling to waver from. That's how I'm, I am on a mission to bring back the word conviction. It does not mean that you did something bad and you're going to jail. It means that you have a deep-seated belief that you are unwilling to waver from. What are, what are your convictions in your life? What are your beliefs? Belief over behavior. I don't care what you do. If you don't believe in it, it's worthless. What do you believe? But I think from conviction, then comes clarity. Because when I put a stake in the ground and say, this is who I am, 
then it allows me to go, now I can see for the first time. Now, I, to, our, to our analogy earlier, I'm literate. Now I can hear, I can read, I can see for the first time what is true. Okay, so we have deep conviction and now we have clarity. Okay, well, from clarity comes confidence. When you can see things clearly, you go, oh, I believe it's good and I believe I can and I think it's right and I should pursue that, yes. And then fourth, you have courage and courage is where action comes from. Courage says, I'm going to go do it. I have the internal belief in my heart that says I can go now. And here's the thing I want you to remember. Courage was step four. Action is step number one, two, and three do not require your hands and feet. They require you to sit down, pay attention, do some work, and look inward. But when you have conviction, you have clarity. You have clarity, you have confidence. And you have confidence and you have the ability to have courage. And that's when you take a step forward and say, I now want to live a life that I believe in. But if you don't have belief first, your behavior and your life will not change. If you have belief, you'll be driven mm -hmm. by something that you believe deeply as a business owner, as a friend, as a partner, as a parent, in every aspect. It doesn't matter what I tell my kid to do. If I don't believe in what I'm doing with him, he's not going to do it. And it doesn't matter what he does, mm -hmm. unless I believe he believes what I'm saying, it's not going to make a difference to me anyway. So in every aspect, belief over behavior, have the ability to go conviction, clarity, confidence, courage, and it's time and effort. That's why I told you to sit down. That's why I told you to give yourself grace. That's why I said create some mm -hmm. space because it's not an easy or fast process, but I think it does provide the opportunity yeah. for us to create a life that we believe in. Yeah, grace and space, definitely important. And mm -hmm. and I, one who felt like, okay, by 30, I'm gonna have so much figured out and <laughs> be like, I just know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then it gets to 30 and it's like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. Don't have anything figured out. In fact, that's probably around the time when I figured out how much I still didn't know and, you know, <laughs> like yep. just really didn't have it all together. Um, yep. So the other thing, last thing I wanted to ask you about, and this is something that you talked about in the beginning, um, as far as where you wanted to actually spend more of your time and energies with your family. And so yep. I'm curious to hear from you as far as, uh, you know, having a family, being a father, being a husband, yep. what has being a father taught you? What has being a husband taught you thus far Oof. one or two things doesn't yeah, have to be everything because there's probably for me there's a lot so that could take like yeah. an hour but like i was gonna say that's it that's a whole other podcast <laughs> um yeah I, th I would say like being a being a husband um has taught me that you can accomplish nothing by great by yourself um that our 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 marriage is not built our our marriage is not predicated on my ability to do anything but it is 100% built on our ability to both be independently healthy so that when we are together, we are collectively growing. Um, mm. Marriage has taught me uh, that uh, being selfless and being serving does not mean giving up what I love or desire. It means inviting somebody to mm. do that with me. Um, it means paying attention uh, and it means not looking at the world just through my lenses. Um, mm. I think being a husband uh, has taught me that um, there are things I am great at and there are things I am terrible at. And I should not <laughs> spend so much time doing the things I'm terrible at. Mm. I think being a father uh, has taught me that um, there are many times in my life where uh, I am in conflict because uh, not because people did not do what I asked, but it's because they didn't do what I asked my way. And there's no reason people should do what I asked my way uh, if they did in fact do what I asked them to do, especially my children. When I say, Ezra, go put your shoes in this room, 
Uh, and he does that. He just goes and gets a truck first and bring a truck back and put the shoes in the truck and goes around the living room two times and pushes the truck back. And then three and a half minutes later, the shoes are put away. Did he do what I asked him to do? Yes. Did he do what I asked him to do my way? No. So how many other times in my life am I in conflict? It's because I felt like someone didn't do what I asked them to do my way. When in fact, it's not really up to the way I would do it if I asked somebody else to do it. The other thing I would say being a father taught me is that um, I don't believe that there is a greater task, role, or obligation, or opportunity in my life than being a father. Not being, uh, I'm not saying I think it is more important than being a husband in my own personal view, uh, my relationship mm -hmm. and my faith then my relationship with my wife and then my children. My children don't come before my wife. I didn't marry my children. I married my wife. Um, but I think uh, the role of a father has taught me that I don't know if there is a more impactful or influential space that I would ever spend any of my time than, uh, than being a father, um, which I think then kind of dictates, one, how I really do spend my time, but two, where I'm seeing growing and learning in other areas of my life because of the weight and responsibility and opportunity I feel like I have um, as a dad. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you talk about um, the lesson of, you know, people doing things that I ask and having them do it, you know, my way, right, my way. Because at the beginning you were talking about how, like how many people are living their life according to someone else's story and, mm -hmm. and so and how important it is for them not to do that and how important it is for them to be them and yet, especially as a parent, I think maybe even as a coach and as a leader in general, so often uh, <laughs> we trip up over wanting everything to be done the way that we can understand it or the way that we know it can be done or, you know, the way that it's worked for us or things that we've, yeah. you know, we've seen. And, um, and that kind of exactly doesn't allow for people to be themselves and bring what mm -hmm. they bring to the table because mm -hmm. we're not giving them space or grace for that either right and if we can't give it to ourselves at least one thing that I that came up for me in, in my journey as a mom is knowing that if I can't even give that to myself it's very difficult for me to give to other people as well so and because I want if, to give that to others then I have to learn how to give it to myself because it becomes so much easier so if you can't um, give it to anyway, yourself you cannot give it yeah. to others it's impossible and yeah. anybody who wants to fight or argue we can but I'm telling you, <laughs> if you think that you are going to yeah. see someone or care for someone and you are not doing that for you, I can guarantee you that is not going to happen. It's just not. Yeah. And certainly not to the degree that you want it to, right? Like, nope. Nope. That's what I was thinking too. It's like, there's, there's no way that I can be everything that I want to be for other people if mm -hmm. I'm unwilling to first be and do that for myself <laughs> mm -hmm. I agree. which is a which is an interesting trip um which we could also talk about for another hour but i just wanted to wrap it up be respectful of your time and everyone else's and um thank you for coming here and for sharing all that you share thank you for everything that you do in your life and your world and your family especially too and um if there's anything else that you want to leave with you uh, share the texting thing one more time and then where else can people reach you or connect yeah. with you yeah. what's the easiest way for them to do that yeah. Yeah. So again, the texting thing is just, oh, get out your phone and send a text message to the number 469-649-8441. And you just text whatever you want. It's just your name. Say hello. We'll get everything else taken care of. Once you do that, it'll, it'll automate and send you everything that you need. Um, from there, I would say other ways we can connect is you can just find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, 
um, Instagram, just at Rocky Garza, facebook.com slash Rocky Garza, LinkedIn slash IN slash Rocky Garza. There's not a lot of us out there, so that's pretty easy to find. Uh, and then lastly, I would say, you know, we would love to be able to support you in one thing that um, we've worked really hard on the last few a uh, few months it is prepared and ready and we have folks on in our now is for you to join our community and so it's $49 a month um, you can uh, subscribe to our online platform which we have coursework all around clarity of self building confidence building meaningful relationships um, I'm biased because I did it but I think it's really good and I think it provides a really great space <laughs> for you to do some introspective work to what I say sit down and give yourself grace and space and do the work the work is there it's it's ready all you got to do is sit down and log in um, and at $49 a month, that's just don't go to, don't order pizza tomorrow and then you can pay for it and then you can do a month's worth of work. And so, um, it includes a platform. We do a call every other Monday, one at 3 PM and one at 8 PM. We kind of go back and forth to make sure we can hit as many people as we can to join those. And it's a, you can join us, you can join all of them or none of them. It's totally up to you, but it gives you the opportunity to, to see other people to have conversations and have a dialogue just like you and I are having here, but about specifically where you are and what's going on in your life. So you can find that at rockygarza.com slash be known. Uh, or just text us and just say, hey, I want to know about Be Known, and we'll send you the information. But we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you on the platform. Uh, anything we can do to help you uh, discover the conviction and confidence you need to live a life you believe in, that's what we're about. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, and um, this is awesome. So uh, best wishes to you and everything that you have going on this year and what you're focused on. And um, can't wait to see, you know, how things progress and keep moving and keep growing and uh, you know, we'll probably cross paths again at some point, I'm sure. So thanks yeah, so much for being so. here. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much.